everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Broadway show Uncut. I'm Tamsin Fidel. Thanks for being with us this week. Well, two of this generation's biggest Broadway stars are on this episode of the podcast. Coming up in just a few, we're going to hear from two-time Tony winner Sutton Foster. She's in The Music Man now through January the 15th. But first, six-time Tony winner Audra McDonald is back on Broadway in Ohio State Murders. I had a chance to chat with Audra. Ohio State Murders. Let's let's dive right in and talk about it. If somebody doesn't know what Ohio State Murders uh, is, how would you describe it? It is a um, suspenseful murder mystery memory play. So it's a it's a woman who is going back to her alma mater to give a speech because they've asked her to come and talk about the because she's a writer. They've asked her to come back and talk about you know her work and why she uses some of the imagery she does in her work. And what ends up happening is she ends up telling this t- tale about what happened to her when she was at Ohio State when she was 18. And it's a murder mystery. And it's filled with suspense. It's, 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 it's emotional. And it also um, talks about how much systemic racism can affect someone. And I, I like to talk about it sort of in the insidious systemic racism, it's death by a thousand cuts, the way, the, the, how insidious systemic racism is. And so, so it's, 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 it's touching on a lot of different sort of emotions and, and subjects all wrapped in a murder mystery. And it's, it's, it's nail biting. Um, and she gives you clues throughout the entire play that by the time when you get to the end of the play, you go, oh, I should have, of course, when she was speaking of that. No, Oh, that's why she mentioned that, or that's why she was talking about the fact that she was not allowed to do this because of her color, led to this, led to this, led to this, which led to what ended up happening. Um, and it's based somewhat on Adrian's experience, Adrian Kennedy's experience at Ohio State being um, one of 12 girls in her dorm, one of 12 black girls in her dorm in um, Ohio State in the late 40s. For this to be her debut on Broadway, 91. for this to have started, 91 years old. Yeah. What is that like? Uh, I'm so for grateful. You? I'm so grateful to be a part of it. I'm honored to be a part of it. I'm sad that she's it's nine. She's 91, and this is finally happening. She's been writing incredible, singular, poetic, deep, profound plays since the 60s. Right. Funny House of a Negro, I think, is one of her first pieces. And it's just now that um, someone's been willing to actually commercially produce it on Broadway. And I think um, it's about damn time, but um, I, I wish I wish it could have happened earlier for her. But perhaps now we're in an environment where mo- more people will really be able to understand the play and receive it and, and give it the flowers that it truly deserves. For you to be the voice of her uh, all these years later, yes. so she started writing this, what, th- three decades ago, right? Yes, she wrote this, uh, this um, had its debut at the Great Lakes Theater in uh, Cleveland, Ohio in 1992. Ruby D wow. uh, played Suzanne Alexander, um, but uh, hasn't ever been to Broadway, so yeah. Now, now it it's happening and now we have a responsibility to make sure as many people as possible can see it and understand it and and I, my, my hope is when people leave the show, they'll take in the experience of the show and, and see, look out in society 
and understand what she was trying to say and the story she was trying to convey, make people think, make people think about systemic racism, and also then go and learn more about Adrienne Kennedy and her works and the works she's been doing for decades and decades and decades. So wonderful. I'm so glad you're doing this. And, um, you know, you're, you're on Broadway. You're, your husband's on Broadway. What's it like living with a rock star? <laughs> I live with Neil Diamond now, didn't you know? He starts <laughs> previews. Yeah, he starts previews tonight. Actually, yes. It's. I mean, it's. You know, we've we've been together for so long. Actually, we just celebrated ten years of yeah. being married. Congrats. And thank you. Yeah. Um, it's it's wonderful in that we both understand what the other is going through. Mm -hmm. You know, in terms since we both do the same thing for a living, it's hardest right now, honestly, on our six-year-old. We've done shows on Broadway at the same time together. Okay. Will and I have years ago in 2014, but this is we didn't have Sally then. You know, our kids right. were older. Right. Um, but now we have our little one, and she keeps saying, "I just wish people didn't have to work for a living." She's saying things like that because she's like, "Who's putting me to bed tonight?" So that's kind of tugging on our heartstrings quite a bit. But I have a bedtime story to get to yeah, here. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but the good thing is, um, his it's going to be harder on Will because sure. it's a much longer show he's got a lot more sequins <laughs> a little bit and uh, little bit. platform boots and whatnot so he's got a lot more to do and a lot more he singing. does have the shoe game on you oh <laughs> very much so lots more singing you know um and uh, you know we'll we'll get through it but um and it's not like it's a, either of our shows or shows we can take sally to see so, right yeah, right no i'm seeing mom I, in yeah, ohio think... state murder <laughs> No, <laughs> a few more years. A few more years. Yeah, but I'm so I'm so proud of him. I'm very excited for for Will. I'm, well, it's 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 been incredible. I'm I'm so excited for both of you, and you're you're just both so real. I interviewed him not you know a few weeks back. Awesome. And uh, you just you guys are great. You oh, really you, you really are, and just real and raw. And you know we talked about this before we we came and sat down. But you know you uh, put a post out there that I think is really important to address because it speaks to women, um, women that need to hear about it. And you you yeah. talked about menopause, yeah, and that's something yeah. important to me. And uh, yeah. We, we couldn't stop talking before no, this started. No, no, um, why did you decide to do that? You know, I because I was, you know, having when you're going through perimenopause and menopause, you have days where you feel alone, you feel sh shamed kind of by society, by what your body's going through, the weight gain, the hot flashes, the insomnia, the memory loss, the, the heart palpitations. There's so many, so many different things that encapsulate what going through menopause is and just the societal stigma on, well, mm -hmm. you're old now and you, so, you're, so you're no longer seen or no longer wanted or any of that. And I was really just going down a rabbit hole thinking about it and I thought, you know what, I know I'm not the only one feeling this way. And I try and be very open and honest on my social media, right. and, and I, I don't ever try and be some goddess that I'm not, because I'm not. And so I thought I might as well. Well, you be, are, but no, right. I, but I'm not. <laughs> Ask anybody in my family. Um, so I thought, you know, I'm just going to be open about this and honest about this. And so I thought I'm just going to put it out there. And I had taken that selfie, right. and I just remember thinking, at the time I took it, I was like, I feel so just awful, mm -hmm. like my skin, what's mm -hmm. happening. And I took the selfie, and I was like, wow, I got to talk about this. Yeah. And so I just. Put it out there. So grateful, and so much reaction to it, and so that's again, that's where you know you've hit a so nerve. So many people reached yeah. out, yeah. and I'm glad, and I'm I'm hoping, and you and I talked about this, hoping that in talking about this and destigmatizing this, younger women coming up will have more of an understanding of what's yeah. what's ahead, how to embrace it, how to feel okay about it, and how to get help, and how to not feel shamed, stigmatized, and othered um, as a result. Thank you for that. Yeah. We need those voices. Yeah. We need those voices.
Okay, Sutton Foster is fresh off her seventh Tony nomination, and you've got just about six weeks left to see her and Hugh Jackman in The Music Man. Paul Wontorek has the interview with Sutton Foster. Sutton, it's so good to see you. It's so good to see you, too. You are a seven-time Tony Award nominee now, two-time winner. Seven <laughs> Tony nominations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's pretty it's, wild. Is it, I feel like this one must feel different in a lot of ways. It does, actually. Um, it's, uh, it, it really means a lot, I, uh, especially after the last couple years. Yeah. Um, and even even just sort of um, taking on this role that I was like really intimidated and scared about. And um, so, yeah, it feels, it feels particularly um, special to be recognized. It's also been a while. It know, has it's been, been a while. It's been like, I think, eight years yeah, since Violet. Violet was in 2014. You were off being a TV star and doing seven <laughs> seasons of Younger, which I loved every episode. Thank you. But yes, you're back. And so it's a nice return. A nice return. Yeah. yeah. And your yeah. name is really big on that. My name is really big on a billboard that I try to avoid at all costs. Really? Yes. The, the, looking up at that. I do. If I ever, if I take the subway, I am forced to face it, like, because it, it, the 50th Street subway is right yeah. there. And I'm like, oh, and it's just so big. But it was, it was on, you know, that billboard was up for like the two years. Pandemic, yeah. Yes. And I refused to look at it. Right. <laughs> I remember you telling me that. Yeah. 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 You were like, yeah, I heard about it. I heard about it. People sent me pictures. <laughs> do you remember the first time your photo was like on a billboard in Times Square? Oh gosh. It had to have been Millie, right? I guess so. Yeah. Um, remember that show? That was a good show. That was a good 20, 20 years ago. Years ago. That's why this also feels special. This is the 20th anniversary of your first Tony nomination and oh first Tony Award win. That's so crazy. I mean, that show was opening this time of year. I know. It was, it was like a, a really quick, you talk, you think about how long Music Man took to get to this moment. <laughs> yes. And then Millie, it was like, it opened and then you immediately, like you won a Tony like a few weeks later. I know. <laughs> it was, that was a whirlwind. And it's, and, and I, I really, I don't know if I, I don't even know if I had the capacity to really appreciate it yeah. while it was happening. Cause yeah. it was so, I was, it was all, it was all happening so quickly, and um, I can look back on it now and have uh, perspective and go, wow, look at that, look what happened there. Yeah. Um, but it, it is, I think I have a, a, a greater sense of gratitude and appreciation now, especially because it was gone. So I think, I think when, with theater non-existent, you come back to it, and there's not a day that I don't walk into the theater without being, I'm like, we're on Broadway. <laughs> we get to do what we love, you know? Yeah. And, and so I, there's like a greater appreciation of every single step. But it's a very different world. It's very different backstage. Your day-to-day -day life is very different now. What, what is yep. it like starring on Broadway right now? Obviously, you very publicly, you got COVID very yep. early in the run. I did. I got COVID. And Mr. I, Hugh Jackman got COVID. Yeah. We got, yep. So we are living, still living with COVID. Um, but backstage is... I mean, the biggest difference is that there aren't, we aren't allowed any backstage guests. Right. So it feels, um, it feels we're like we're in a little bubble. Yeah. Um, and there's, you know, everyone is really diligent about wearing masks and you have your little masks and like, you know, you, and it's, you kind of, I don't know, people have gone on stage with their masks on <laughs> because we're so used to them now. That's hilarious. So you like just forget. Just of course. In. And you're like, you know, there was <laughs> like, like whatever the Iowa stubborn, you know, 
there's a, they're starting singing they're going you know wow. slowly slowly ripping off a mask yeah but but we've just become so used to used yeah. to it which i think is interesting as how we we adapt and but i remember like you know especially when we were rehearsing we were rehearsing with masks on doing right. big dance numbers um and you just you're just doing it and you get to whatever it takes to do the thing and we were just sort of soldiering on but the, and i thought I didn't know. I thought, will audiences be different? Like right. I, I was. Will it, will it somehow, um, will they feel, you know, inhibited? Will they not want to like respond? Will it? And it. Yeah, I, if you're doing a musical comedy and you can't see anyone smiling. No, but th or I feel laughing. like the response. Uh, you know, you can't see. I was always like, you can't hear a smile. You know, but <laughs> now you can't see a smile. But it's. Um, but audiences have been like, incredible and yeah. re so responsive and uproarious and like you know, joyful and, yeah. and, but it feels that way backstage. I mean, on stage and backstage too. You are playing Marion the Librarian, and here we are. I know. And we are at J. Pierpont Morgan's legendary library. This is a very famous New York City landmark. It's incredible. Uh, I've never been here. It's so of, beautiful. I'm glad that we were able to bring you here. The part of this, this is part of the Morgan Library and Museum. People should visit it. Um, yeah, Marion would lose her mind in here. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, she would, and she would, she would run a tight ship. <laughs> yeah, she would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could picture you on like ladders oh, and doing the whole oh, yeah. library oh, number yeah. with oh, yeah. Jackman. I see it <laughs> exactly <laughs> for the movie. Let's do a movie. <laughs> okay. Do you think uh, there's a copy of Hooked in here? Probably. Well, there will be someday. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Your memoirs, which I actually loved reading. That was so. That was one of the projects that you dove into during the pandemic, during your time at home. You, yeah. you wrote a really cool unique memoir thanks because it was what, what's the subtitle Hooked. oh how crafting saved my life how crafting saved my yeah, life yeah i had this idea i'd always wanted to write a book it was something i had like this bucket list you know as a kid i was like i'm going to write a book and run a marathon those are the only two i remember i haven't run a marathon yet but <laughs> i um and then i i thought I, and i i had this i had a very complicated relationship with my mom yeah. and I knew I wanted to tell her story and my story with her. And then after I, I adopted my daughter, it was like there was something about, you know, how we pass stories and inherit stories and how we raise our children. And like, and then I was trying to figure out a way that to tie everything together. And, and so I, re I remember pitching the idea to my agent and saying, I, I was like, all right, I have this idea about telling it through crafting and like through the things I made, I make or have made because they all tell stories and they all like ha are like little time capsules of like certain time periods of my life. And then suddenly when I came up with that concept, then the, it, it, the story sort of wrote, it was all kind of un everything kind of came out. Yeah. Um, so it was a really cool way to be able to kind of tell my, tell my story. Yeah, I loved it. Thanks. And there's crafting tips and oh, interview yeah. with Patti Lapone. I know. Throw that in there. I know. So <laughs> I, I am a, you know, I'm a huge Patti Lapone fan. And, um, and she was like instrumental about, about why I, how I like, and why I am doing what I'm doing. And, yeah. and I remember watching her when I was 15 years old on the um, Sondheim celebration at Carnegie yeah. Hall. And just being like, what is this? Who is that? Yeah, saying being alive. She's from saying company, being yeah. alive from company, and I was so obsessed, and um, and I'd met her several times, and you know we we were 
we've never had the opportunity to work together, but we've, you know, we, she knows my name, you know, <laughs> like there's things like that. We were like, Patty LuPone knows my name. <laughs> so when I was writing the book and I realized, oh, she's such a big part of it. And then I, um, I sent her a text and said, would you be up for me interviewing you? And she said, yes. And so we like spoke on Zoom for an hour. Yeah. Um, and she was remarkable. It was like one of the greatest hours of my life, except apart from right now. <laughs> From this interview, which is and your your second Tony Award was actually for playing Reno Sweeney in Anything Goes, yes. and that was I know a role that was intimidating, partly because of Patty, Patty Lapone, yeah. because she had played it on Broadway, yeah. and I'm sure it was kind of like I'm doing a Patty Lapone role. That's yeah, and Reno, like I didn't really know what I had sort of signed up for, <laughs> which is I kind of I don't know I, I leap a lot in my career yeah. without thinking at times. I mean, I feel the same way about Marion too. I kind of was like, yeah. I was like, okay. And then I went, wait a minute, what right. have I done? You know? And yeah. I did that with Reno and, um, I didn't really know what, uh, I didn't really, it took me a while to find her. And I, I felt like that was a time when I was, I leapt and then I was like, uh Oh, I'm drowning. Like I was like, uh Oh, how do I figure this out? And I write a lot about it in the book actually yeah. about sort of how I, um, how I found her. Yeah. Um, and then I had this opportunity to play her again, 10 years later in London this past summer, uh, on the West end. Yeah. And that was really cool to be able to revisit her 10 years later with 10 years of life experience sure. and, um, that was, and, and to be able to actually sort of step into those shoes with more confidence, yeah, you know, and again, like enormous gratitude because it was the, my first time back on stage after the, yeah. every, and theater was opening up there before it was opening up here. And so I felt like this, I was like chasing the art, you know, I, I was like, I must, I, I have to be back on stage yeah. in some way. And then to be able to revisit her was, was really, really, that was like a, a huge gift. So let's talk about the intimidation of the role because it does fit with Mary and the Librarian. So yeah. let's talk about this is a very classic role. Yeah. You are a very talented performer. We've seen you do many things, but I think of Mary Librarian as a very sort of rigid soprano ingenue. I don't immediately think Sutton Foster. Me neither. So it was a surprise. <laughs> It was, a, it was a surprise, it was a surprise for cast. me as well. Yeah. So I remember getting a call from my agent about it and they, they said they're doing a revival with Hugh Jackman of the Music Man and they're talking about you as Marion. And I went, what? <laughs> my first reaction, I, I, there's probably 20 people I would cast before me. You know, I was kind of like, oh, that's so, I was like, wait, why? That's weird. <laughs> and then because that was my first reaction, I went, huh. Right. Maybe there's something. It intrigues you. It intrigued leaping. me. Yeah. yeah, the leap or the or the challenge or the, oh, maybe there's an opportunity there, or maybe there's another way in or another way to see her or, and so I, I didn't really know the show. I kind of tried to stay, so it's ignorant. I mean, I knew the amazing, he, you know, Barbara Cook, Shirley Jones, Rebecca Luker, like yeah. all of these incredible people. I grew up listening to Rebecca. I could cry thinking about her, but I, I grew up listening to her on Secret Garden. She was my, that was the voice I wanted Absolutely. to be. Yeah. And so I would like emulate her, you know, on, and, and I would sing how, 
Was it How Could I Ever Know? Yeah. 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 I would sing along with her on the CD, and then that was like my soprano song that I sang in college and like for many auditions long after. I sing the Mandy part horribly. Of, well, yeah. yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I, I, when I sort of went into um, Marion or and even I kind of, I decided my husband knew the, the show. He, he had played Mayor Shin in his high school production of The Amazing. Music Man. <laughs> so he, he was like, I know The Music Man. I didn't know Ted had an acting background. I love that. <laughs> so he has, we have photo evidence. But he, and he knew, he grew up with the movie. So he knew the movie sure. really, really well. And so like right after I was cast, I was like, maybe I should watch the movie. <laughs> so we watched the movie and I was like, oh, I see, I see something here. Mm -hmm. I was like, I saw like a, I saw, um, I was like, oh, there's, um, there's, there's more to her there's than, oh, there's grit to her, but yeah. there's also like some, there's backstory. And I was like, oh, she's got some, she's got a past. She uh -huh. has something, there's something going on. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's, there's, there's something to work with here. And, um, but then I just like left the movie behind and then it was, two years later until we started rehearsal. And I don't know, I just sort of, um, working with Jerry Zachs and working with Hugh and we decided to, uh, we did a couple of labs um, leading up to when we started the um, official, official yeah. rehearsals. And they were talking about this other version of My White Knight. So I guess, long ago there was this extended version of my white knight mm -hmm. and uh, that had had this huge patter section in the start because the only the way i knew my white knight was just the sure. the traditional yep. you know sort of ballady thing and then as soon as they introduced that i was like oh okay that was your end it was yeah. kind of but then oddly enough i was still sort of freaked out by how she sounded. I, I felt like, oh gosh, I'm gonna have to, how do I sing, you know, how, how do I find her voice, you know? And we played with keys and all these things, and I, but I still felt like, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to be this. Mm. Yeah, I'm supposed to fit into this mold. And then oddly with um, playing Reno again in London, there was this one day uh, I was walking to the theater and, and I was like, well, why can't Marion, why can't my white knight, why can't the end of my white knight be big? Why can't, why does it have to be that? And I was like, screw it. Let's, I'm just gonna try, like, why not? Yeah. Why does it have to, why am I trying to like fit into this other form? And I was like, no, why can't she have, I was like, that's one of my strengths. This is her most, you know, right. this is the strongest moment of, for her vocally in the show. And I was like, so I like came in to poor Patrick, our music director. And I was like, I think I want to change the end of this. And I came in and he, he was in to his credit and to everybody, they were like, let's try it. And so we just like tried all these different ways. And we, that song just kept evolving and changing and growing. And then it was this thing, I felt like I was wrestling, but then I was like, I was like, oh, so is Marion. And then, I don't know, that was sort of my in with her. And then finding the dynamic with Hugh. And I don't know, I, I just sort of, it was this very organic, uh, process. Yeah. And I, as the, the minute I let go of trying to be something else, you know, or something that, and just tried to find my way in, then it just unfolded. And I'm, I think I'm, 
it's like one of my proudest things that uh, characters I've ever sort of found is, is with her. Yeah, I was in the audience and I was like, yeah, give me, give me that Sutton Foster ending. <laughs> give it to me, that thing called love, yeah. But I was like, but that's, I went, well, that's what, I don't know. There was yeah. something about like, you have, you, 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 they hired me, you sure. know? So I was like, okay, well, so I was, I was happy to be able to find, and still obviously be true to the character. Of course. And to find, so it all felt like it was, mel you know, melding together. So we have a certain, uh, we have a certain international movie star to talk about. You, uh, <laughs> Mr. Hugh Jackman. I don't know why I say Mr. It's just very, very, very Hugh Jackman. Um, you actually were starring in Billy Modern Millie when he first made his Broadway debut in The Boy From Oz. I, oh, I looked, yeah. It was the same. You were on Broadway with your Tony Award, um, Tony Award winner, and some upstart showed up to do The Boy From Oz. And you met back, you've met a he, few times. Yeah, he came to see Millie. I have a photo of, yeah. I don't remember, you know, yeah. it's like I have a photo, I have photo evidence. Right. And we've met several times and then, um, but we had never really officially worked together. We d I did a couple workshops of Greatest Showman oh, with him. So right. I met him then, but only for like a couple days here and there. Right. And then you had a great moment on the Tony Awards. Yes. That great moment. Yes. When he was hosting. Yeah, he pick, picked me up. I have a photo. We have, again, photo evidence of that. Yeah. <laughs> so Cut to the clip. By all accounts, he is like the nicest guy, the hardest working guy. It's a little dull. I mean, it's, I a, it's a little dull how perfect he seems. Yeah. Um, is there anything, did anything <laughs> I need to know about this guy? Or is there anything you, we were surprised by? Maybe anything surprised you about actually working with him now every night? Or? Um, I've never, I forget that he's like. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Mr. Hugh Jackman. Sometimes I have International to. International Wolverine. Yeah. yeah, I forget it. I forget that. Like he would do this when we were collecting for Broadway Cares. Made and a lot of money for Broadway Cares, yeah. We made, we raised so much money. It yeah. was in unbelievable, the generosity of people. I, I'm blown away by it. But um, a couple people would call out. They'd be like, I love you, Wolverine. And he would do like his Wolverine. And I, I would, I'd be like, oh my God. And I would like freak out. And I would have to run and hide in the corner. And I was like, I would just forget. I'm like, wait, because I just sort of see like this guy who's like, yeah. you know, because he has this, I think one of his superpowers is that he's so disarming. Yeah. He like, he's, he just, he immediately puts everyone at ease. He, he, he doesn't make anything about him. He's so incredibly generous to everyone around him. And so you're just like, oh, oh, okay. And so you immediately forget that, but he's, he's just sort of, I don't know. We have a thing, we do a thing every night called carpet, it's called carpet chat because we somehow end up sitting on the floor of my dressing room, which is a dorm room, even though I try to make it like sophisticated, but it looks like a dorm room. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> obviously 20 years old, but, um, so he, when, one of the coolest things that happened was during uh, when we were at rehearsal at Gibney um, Studios, which is like 890 yeah. on Broadway, we, um, because of COVID, we shared like a little dressing room or like a little okay. space because we were, they were trying to keep people apart mm -hmm. and stuff. So we would have like lunch together every day, but this is six weeks, you know, and I'm, at first I was like, Hugh Jackman wants, I can't be in his room. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, but then I was like, ah, whatever. And then he's so disarming. And then we're just like ca catching up, talking, getting to know each other, blah, blah, blah. So then by the time we got to the theater, we were like, you have, I'm, we're apart. We're apart. I know. <laughs> like, is it going to be weird if we share a dressing room? 
but it was so he was like he started coming in and checking in just to be like hey how was your day or whatever and so now we have like a 30 it's like part of the routine like he comes in we sit we have coffee we like check in we and it's been like I love it. remarkable because so often you know he feels that way too or we're both sort of like these like we're on kind of on our own, you know, yeah. and now we're like, Ooh, we have, so we've just been, we just really bonded over this. So like the greatest thing that's happened out of this whole experience is that I have like a new friend who happens to be Hugh Jackman, which is super weird, but he's just like, to Emily, to my daughter, it's Uncle Hugh. So, you know, she has no idea. She was like, is, is Uncle Hugh coming, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like he's just, he's just part of the family, you know. Well, I wanted to ask you about going through this experience with Emily because oh, she's yeah. old enough now to, and she can obviously see the yeah. show. Yeah. So the first show, first, uh, so she was obviously she was with us in London, obviously. Right. But she saw seven West End shows. Wow. I've seen zero. <laughs> like so. Because I was very busy. She really liked Frozen. Oh. Okay. Yeah. She Great. was going through a Frozen phase. But so my husband, again, big movie guy, is like. And Mayor Shen and his co-production. But he's music. like, but he's uh, he, but he loves movie musicals and loves movies, and yeah. now, and he's teaching Emily a lot about stuff. So he they he they watched, and I would I was I sleep a lot because I work at night, sure. so I'll wake up and they're like watching stuff. So, um, but Hairspray was running there, so they saw Hairspray. She saw Anything Goes like four times. Wow, I know. And then she saw Joseph and Frozen and. Singing in the Rain and like I can't, Lion King. She saw a ton of stuff. I invited her to the opening of Music Man, but she wanted to see it before the opening just to make sure she liked it. <laughs> <laughs> and then she saw, but she said a couple of profound things. She's seen it now three times, I think. And the last time she saw it, she said, Mommy, at first, she was talking about Harold Hill. She goes, at first, you only see his head, but then you see his heart. Profound. Profound. And then she said, Meredith Wilson would love that. Would love that. And then she goes, Mommy, <laughs> at first, you didn't like it when he threw the library cards, but then you threw the library cards. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah. <laughs> She's so funny. But she really likes it. And then she really, she'll like, she'll, she'll wave, you know, in the audience. And she goes, did you see me waving? I said, did you see me waving at? She goes, did the, did the kids see me? Like, she really wants to make sure that she knows that the kids. She's out there supporting everybody. Yeah, and she really wants to. And she FaceTimes sometimes with Benjamin, who plays Winthrop. Yeah. He reads her a bedtime story. It's so sweet. And he has, like, a little squirrel that talks. And she has a little thing. It's the cute, at, like, half hour, they're, like, talking with their little animals over FaceTime. This is parenthood. But I love this for you because I remember Sutton Foster and Thoroughly Modern Millie, this kind of scared girl trying to like be what everyone said she was, right? This Tony winner. And now I love that you're going through this totally different, the journey of oh, yeah. those 20 years. Oh it's yeah, amazing. I have a whole stack of books, of children's books in my, my dressing room. And I'm, she watches me put on my makeup and then she's like, can we, can we, is this the show started? And I'm like, here it comes. They like listen to the train and they listen to the whole beginning. And then, and I go, I have to wait until Uncle Hugh enters. And so we wait for Uncle Hugh's entrance and I go, okay, good night. I gotta go, bye-bye. Tune in next week for another couple of great interviews on the podcast. In the meantime, check out the Broadway show. It's the TV broadcast. It airs each and every week all across the country. 
Until next time, I'm Tamsin Fidel, and this is the Broadway Show Uncut. Uncut.